Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Amen, amen. Come on, somebody give Jesus praise in the house today. God is good. And all the time. Wow, we had a full house today. Do we have any donuts left? If I would have known all it takes is donuts to fill the house, I would have done it. No, just kidding. Can, we have a great crowd here in the room. Can you in the room welcome those that are joining us online right now? We welcome you online. We love you. We pray you're blessed. And happy Father's Day. The best day of the year. Well, it's right below Easter, but ahead of Christmas. Dad's in the house, dads in the houses, happy Father's Day to you. We appreciate you. We love you. Yes. Can you honor them today? God's calling is strong on you. God's will for you was to be a father. And we have a, a walk with God that is pre- preeminent. And then we have a walk with our wife that comes just below that, and then, and then it's our relationship with our children. The reason I say that is because uh, if, if you are married, then the shelter of your children is your faith in Christ and the strength of your relationship with your bride. And that gives your children coverage. It gives them security. It gives them a sense of stability. And it's more important how you raise your children than how well you do at work. And for us men, I gotta tell you, I, it must be sad because our nature is to work. Most men have a real desire to find their identity in their work, and so they go early and they stay late and they're proud of their work. But gentlemen, let me just remind you that you're a higher calling than your work, as important as it is, is your fatherhood how you pray over your children, teach your children, that you discipline them in a biblical way, in a, in a way that teaches them the truth, and that you be a godly example, not just of a hard worker, but of a strong believer. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we are proud of you dads. And I hope you like your donut. <laughs> Amen. We're going to conclude our service with a time of worship, but I'm going to ask you to stand with me for the reading of the word. I want to acknowledge my my father-in-law, Al, is in this service. Happy Father's Day, Al. Yes. You wore your nice shirt. Looks good. Looks good. Happy Father's Day. And and, and he's he's not an outlaw. He's an in-law. Yeah. Yeah, they both are my in-laws, not my outlaws. Appreciate you, Al. If you open your Bibles, we're not going to the book of Joshua today. We're going to the the letter to Timothy, the second letter to Timothy, and we're going to go to chapter 2. We have the children here today. If you're a child, under, not if you're like childish, okay? You probably have more, you know, no matter how old you are, you can be childish. If you are a child, say, uh... Let's say under, under 13, say hey. <laughs> how come they already know how to say that that way? 
They're like, hey. Thank you guys for being here. We appreciate you and we love you too. And we hope that the message isn't boring for you. We're going to tell some stories today to try to help your parents stay awake. All right. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. You then, my son, be what? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in what? Suffering Suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we hear your word, let us heed your word. As we listen to your word, let us learn your word. And I pray that we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers. Let your people know your desire for them to win. In Jesus' name, amen. The message today is entitled, You're Meant to Win. You're Meant to Win. In the spirit of Father's Day, but for the whole family, I want you to know that you are meant to win. Christ died to give you a life, the life, a life you may have, that you have not lived up until now. He died and resurrected to give you the life of an overcomer. My goal is to impress upon you today the intention. Someone say intention. The intention of God to make you a winner, to make you a champion, and the spiritual choices that we must make in order for that to happen. It is a partnership where Christ died Giving the ultimate, paying the ultimate price, God himself, holy, undefiled, pure, righteous, laying his life down for us sinners so that our sins would be forgiven and that we would respond to him in faith and a faith that leads to obedience. Faith without works is dead. You are not saved by works. So, so we spoke about this, but I want just in a nutshell, just in case someone online missed it, is that it isn't, it isn't Christ and a raise that saves you. It's not Christ and your good charitable works that saves you. It's not ever going to be Christ and what you know, your wisdom or your talent or your skill that's going to save you. It is only God who saves So we are saved eternally and in our lives, rescued. We are saved by faith, by entrusting ourselves to him. But we, in fact, Martin Luther, Martin Luther said it this way. We are saved by faith alone, but not by faith that is alone. So we're saved by faith, 
But if it's true faith, and I'm about to get in someone's kitchen, because I'm about to take the religion, the, the religion variable out of the equation. Because some people want to cross themselves and, you know, show up occasionally on Sunday or put something in the bucket and think that they're Christian, that they're saved. No, that's a religion. Those are religious things. We are saved by grace alone, through faith. That's salvation. But genuine faith will lead to obedience. It, it makes our hearts desiring to please the one who saves us. All of a sudden, God is front and center in every part of our lives. So that the way that I deal with conflict at work, God's in the room. And the way that I deal with, with, with uh, stress with my kids, God's in the room. And the way that I deal with my, uh, my, my, uh, my, my thoughts is different because God is in the room. All of a sudden, God is in the room. And I'm happy he's in the room. I'm not scared that he's in the room. I'm not worried that he's in the room. I'm not hiding something from him in the room. I am happy he's in the room because I know I need some fixing and only God can fix me. Give him praise right now. Go ahead. That's saving faith. See, religion, you can hide under religion. You can be an imposter under religion. But a real saving relationship with Jesus Christ, we give him the, we let him dictate the terms. You see, are you following me? Now his desire isn't that you be a, 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 a puppet or that, that, that he squash your individuality, your personality. He wants to redeem it, see? He doesn't want a broken kind of you. He wants the best kind of you. He doesn't want you all prickly and difficult and challenged. He wants to make you beautiful and attractive and, and full of grace and kindness. Amen. He wants you to be the best you. Not trying to make us robots. That's what makes the church a living, breathing miracle is we all get along. Almost all the time. <laughs> the church is a living miracle, man. Different ethnic backgrounds, different economic background, different educational backgrounds. We all come, there's a saying, everybody's normal till you get to know them. But here we are all kind of, sort of normal, getting along, working together. Why? Bless you. Some got sneezes. Why do we get along? Because we all have this one common denominator. We're sinners saved by grace. And man, if God forgave me, I can forgive you. Because you don't know what I've done. And God forgave me. And what God wants to do, he wants your, your best you. Not a marred, blotchy, disfigured you. He doesn't want you with missing pieces that were robbed from you. And he don't want extra pieces that you just picked up or were put on you that don't belong to you. He wants your best you, and your best you, your best you. The reason he breathed life into you was to make you a champion that brings him glory. Now, this is not the current way we, we children win blue ribbons. Now, everybody wins a blue ribbon just for showing up. That's not how this works. We have got to compete to win the prize. I want to show you four qualities here. Paul is trying to breathe 
encouragement into Timothy, even though Paul in chapter 1, you see there's sort of this abandonment of him by other believers in a province of Asia. And so he's trying to stir up the gifts in Timothy. He's trying to speak life into him because he's facing difficulties too. And so in this short passage, I want to give you just four qualities of a winner, of a winner. I want to give you four qualities that you, without which, without which these four of these four qualities, you cannot be a champion of the faith, which is the most important way to win in life is in our faith. First admonition that Paul gives Timothy as he says to him, be strong. Someone say, be strong. He says, be strong. For, uh, verse one, he says, you then, my son, be strong in the what? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, grace is this, is, has various qualities. Biblical grace has various qualities. One is kind, uh, uh, mercy, that God shows us mercy, that he extends to us his grace. But another quality of grace is very similar to power, that we have the grace to overcome temptation, that we have the grace to avoid evil, that we have the grace to endure difficult circumstances. Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace. Peter in, chapter, in, in Peter's second letter, chapter 3, verse 18, he admonishes us to grow in grace. And in fact, in our text, it, when he says, you, my son, it's an emphatic you. It's like an like underscored you in the Greek. It's like you. Other people are falling away, but you, someone say me. me. You be strong. Other people might be falling away, but you be strong. Other people have religion, not relationships, so they're doing things that aren't biblical, but they still call themselves Christians. And what what Christ would tell you is you be strong. Be strong in the grace. Be strong in the, in the abundance of God's power and mercy. Be strong in that part of you, that, that endowment that God has given you to overcome temptation and evil. Be strong. You cannot win without being strong. You cannot win by, but, but by being strong. My son Levi is here. He's 11. When he was about four, we recognized a unique spiritual gift. He had the gift to break things. <laughs> he could break anything. He broke the TV remote. He broke knickknacks. Can I get a witness? How many know? He broke everything he touched. He broke. One day I went out of the backyard and I had a brand new iron water pressure hose. Because I was going to do things. <laughs> I was going to wash stuff and stuff. And I found it. Is This is iron. This is like I paid a good like $36. It's iron. It wasn't aluminum. It wasn't plastic. It was iron because I was going to do really hard washing. And I went out and it was in pieces. And of course, Levi. Here comes Levi. He's about four and a half, five years old. I said, Levi, did you break this? Of course he said, no. Because how many know you ain't born saved? Can I get a witness? 
I said, son, did you break? Son, look me in the eye. Did you break this? No. He was a good liar. And so I, I decided to test him to push it. I said, well, then what happened to this? And he looked at it. He looked at me. And he looked up. And he looked at it. And he looked at me. And he said, a bird pecked it. A for effort. A bird pecked it. The gift of strength. How many know you need strength to make it? You can't face the struggles in your marriage without being strong. You can't face the dilemmas at work without being strong in the grace. Someone say, Lord, make me strong. Make me strong. Now, here's the Okay, I'm going to move on, but here's the key. It's not strong in you. It's strong in the grace of God. So there is no excuse. Your burden is not too heavy. Some Christians want to make excuses. It was too hard, Pastor. He was too difficult. She was too challenging. I, 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 the, 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 it, was, it was too many things that went wrong in my life. Be strong, not in yourself. Be strong in the grace of God. There is no excuse because God's grace is able to help you overcome anything and everything. Are you with me? Turn your neighbor and say, be strong. Be strong. If you want to win, you got to be strong. The second thing is you got to be steadfast. See, this message is not, you know, necessarily a feel-good message, but see, I got to answer to the Lord one day of what I taught you. It isn't all Disneyland and churros. <laughs> you know those churros at Disneyland that must be magical because they cost like $12? Yeah. I, I, I'm not just supposed to give you cinnamon and sugar, all right? I got to give you meat. If you want to win, you got to be strong. If you want to win, you got to be steadfast. Steadfast. You got you to persevere. You have to persevere. Verse 3, Paul says, join with me. In what? <laughs> hey, Timothy, come on, hang out with me. Let's suffer a little bit. <laughs> you know, you've probably been asked to suffer when someone says, hey, bro, uh, what you doing Saturday? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, Want to help me move? Yeah. That, that means, come on and suffer with me. <laughs> and let me choose the hottest Saturday in the history of Saturdays. And I'll give you pizza. Right? That, that's how it goes. Right? Paul, Paul, you got to get this, see? See, this is not a churro. This is meat. Paul says, Timothy... Join me. Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I'm suffering. I want you to suffer too. See, Paul is Timothy's spiritual father. I won't go into it now, but Paul was a part of Timothy's Conversion experience. And Paul has done this longer than Timothy. Paul's an OG at this. He's a veteran, right? 
He knows what's in store for Timothy. Look, look me in the eye, friend. What Paul's telling Timothy is, if you ain't suffered yet, you're gonna. I'm telling you, if you ain't suffered yet, you're gonna. Don't jump ship just because it hurts. Don't abandon the greatest thing, your salvation in the history of, your, of the universe because it's difficult or challenging or painful. I, your pastor, am telling you suffering is required because the only option to suffering is quitting. You either suffer through it or you quit and suffer different. But you're going to suffer. You either suffer through the grace of God for righteousness sake. To please your heavenly father or you're going to suffer death, sin, regret, shame. Which suffering do you choose? You're going to choose one. Paul says, suffer with me because I'm suffering for the right reasons. I'm suffering for the right causes. Suffering is a part of this world. That's why here at Thrive, we like to remind our church family that your reward is in heaven because we're a, we're a Bible-teaching church. That's why we stand for the reading of the word is to remind us of the preeminence of the word of God. And the Bible teaches us that our reward is in heaven. Some of us are too busy trying to have a, a, a righteous life and finding, trying to get rewarded on earth. And that striving for rewarding on earth can, not necessarily has to, but can lead you to compromise. And it can be a distraction from what matters more, see, it's okay, to, it's okay to be successful on earth if you succeed in a way that pleases God. It's okay to succeed here on this earth as long as your number one goal every morning is to please God and not man. And not even yourself. See, don't worship yourself and him. It's about worshiping him. Are you following me? So, so if we're going to live that kind of life, then you have to go through suffering. You're going to have to be steadfast. There will be an instance where either the Lord allows something to happen or, or a confluence of circumstances come and you're going to have to push through with your faith or you're going to abandon your faith and jump ship. And Paul says, suffer with me. Can I tell you, suffer with me. Suffer with me. We're brothers. We're family. There are times I suffer. Would you suffer with me? Can we suffer through things together? Together. That's why Thrive Groups are so important. Because when one of them hurts, the, the, the team rallies around them. When one's crying, the, uh, the other eight cry too. When, when one has surgery, the other eight get dinner together. Maybe take the kids for a day for an afternoon, because we suffer together. 
We're going to make it. We tell each other, we're going to make it. Why? Because the God is, that's in me is in you too. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we're going to suffer together. Are you, are you following me? We're going to suffer together. We're going to get through this together. We're going to be steadfast. We're going to be steadfast. Number three is that we need to be focused. Paul says you got to be strong. You got to be steadfast. You're going to have to suffer. And you need to be focused. Look at the comparison he makes. He says in verse 4, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. See, that is all about focus. A good soldier is not distracted as he or she walks through the city, but rather is following their orders. You got to feel this, friend. We have a commanding officer who gives us orders. And we can't be distracted by the other fake commanders, the other false leaders in this world who want to give you orders that will compromise your God-given orders or will try to distract you from your God-given orders. Everyone say focus. The reason I believe this is about focus is because what Paul is trying to convince Timothy, Paul again, having people leave him, Paul knowing Timothy's young and has got a church and church has people and this is a burgeoning faith that, that, that people are just learning and so there's compromise and there's struggle. What Paul wants Timothy to remember is that there is one higher than anyone else he will see. And that higher one is the source of everything good Timothy will get. Of every good gift Timothy will ever receive. It's his commanding officer. It's the one who's been through battle, paid the price, has to earn the position in Timothy's life to give him orders. So that when there's a, dis a dissenting order from, other, from another false leader, Timothy must be convinced, I got to heed the orders of Christ. Because he is going to keep me safe. He is going to keep me well. You know that when, when, when uh, I don't, uh, yeah. So do people still have radios? Or are they just phones? Well, there's radios. And, and, and there, your car has a radio probably. Hey, Siri, does my car... No, just kidding. I don't know. But the way that radios work is that there's, there's, there's signals that are sent from antenna to an antenna, that, and your radio has an antenna, and it receives the signal. And, 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 and so you can turn the radio. The old days, you could turn it like this instead of just like with your hand, right? With your finger, you had to turn it like this, and it would catch the signals that were being sent. And so you could listen to music, and when I was a kid, I listened to music on my radio. Now, there wasn't a band in my radio. Can I get a witness? There wasn't a singer in my radio. Back in the old days, the Imperials were not in my radio. Back in the old, old days, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir was not in my radio. It catched the signals of, of, of in the airwaves. The radio was not the source of the music, it was just a vessel. Are you following me? 
If I smash that radio, I'm not going to kill anybody in the radio. There's no one in there. It's just the vessel. Christians, we cannot be confused between the source and the vessels of our blessings. The source is your commanding officer. Don't mistake the source with the ways God uses, the people God uses, the organizations God uses to bless you or to take care of you. There is only one that you are, should be loyal to. That is your commanding officer. He is the source of every good gift. Stay focused on pleasing the Lord. Be strong. Be steadfast. Be what? Focused. You're not going to win if you're not focused. You're just not going to win. Be focused on the source. And the last one, I'll end with this. The last one is be devoted. We use this word a lot here at Thrive because we know nobody's perfect. Only Christ was perfect. What we say here at Thrive is you're not going to be perfect. We, we want to be perfected. We want to be getting better, growing, right? But nobody's perfect. What you can be, though, is devoted. You can be serious about this walk with Christ. You can be committed. You can be growing in being wholly committed. Every part of you committed to him. Verse four says, no one serving as a, oh, I'm sorry. Verse five, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. My daughter Belen spent about two and a half years being a gymnast. She was naturally really good. My beautiful Belen, smile. You're on camera. Okay. She was naturally strong. I, I, Lori and I thought she should be on Guinness World Records for strongest six-year-old. She was so strong. And, and so she, we got her into gymnastics and and, and she took to it right away and she kind of moved up the ranks very quickly in her gym. We go to see her, she, she began winning like the gold medals in all these tournaments. And we're like, our retirement plan is Belen. She's gonna be an Olympic gymnast. We went down to, to Disneyland and they had a, a, a gymnastics tournament right next to Disneyland. It was a big one from all over the state coming. Many of the top gymnasts in her age group were competing. And her first event, they had four events at her age group. I think she was maybe like nine, nine-ish. And her first event was the vault. And they didn't adjust the vault to her right height. And so when she went to do the vault, she really didn't do particularly well because the vault was the wrong height. So she got like a 9.2, which was like the lowest she'd score she'd ever gotten in her, in her career, her 12-month career. And we we're like, oh, wow, okay. We came all this way, okay. 9.2, way to go, babe. Right. Good job. 
We're struggling as parents. Like, at least we get to go to Disneyland, right? The very next event are the bars. And, and I'm like going to get a soda now or something. I don't know, because I'm thinking, well, the competition's kind of over for us. And she goes on the bars, and I'm watching her, and she's doing her spins, and she's really straight, and she's doing really good. And then she lands it like this, just like this. And we were like, whoa, that was good. That was good. And we're waiting for the score. And it, usually it would, they would go up before the next gymnast, but they didn't put her score up. One gymnast goes, two gymnasts go. We're like waiting for her score. And finally, I was going to go hurt somebody. How many know parents? Parents, don't YouTube it. I might be on there. Parents going crazy at the gym. And finally, they put her score up, 9.95. And the gym went wild for her. And I'm thinking, why did you give her a 10? <laughs> Jesus and Belen are perfect. 10. And now she's back in the competition, and she did great the next two. And it came down to her and this one young girl who you knew she'd been doing gymnastics since she was like three. And... She beat Belen by 0 .015. Lying devil. I'm like, check the math. Where'd you go to school? Learn how to count. Let's go to Disneyland. I need a churro. We were so proud of her. She went, she competed in Utah and, and did so great. Then she decided... She's going to be done with gymnastics. But you know what made Belen so good at what she did? Is she was devoted. I mean, she was strong. She had good teachers. And she would be walking through her house on her hands. I just see her feet going by. She practiced nonstop. She'd do backflips in the garage, backflips in the grass, backflips when I'm trying to watch the game, doing backflips all the time. Training. She'd do sit-ups. Just because we had her checked. She was totally normal. But she would treat you go crunches, 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 10-year-old crunches. She was devoted. Friends, that's how you win, is by being devoted. It's got to be, Lord, every bit of me I give to you. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, the words of my mouth, the things I touch, the things I think, the things I let my eyes dwell on, the places I let my feet take me, must be devoted to him. Paul tells Timothy, he says, an athlete who does not receive, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Being devoted to the expectations. Being committed to him. Be strong. Be steadfast. Be devoted to him. Completely, wholly given over to him. Would you stand with me, family? I just want to pray a blessing over you. Then we're going to worship for just a moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the admonition that you gave through your servant Paul to Timothy. Each one of us striving, you 
You created us to win. No weapon formed against us need prosper. We can be in the fire, set free by you, and the flames do not touch us. Lord, I pray that we would not even smell like smoke, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Lord, you called us to win. You part the seas and let us walk through, and then you close them up on our enemies. We could be surrounded by lions and they don't touch us. You shut their mouths. Snakes can bite us and you heal us. I thank you, God, that we were meant to win. I, Lord, I pray against a spirit of low self-esteem and defeatedness. I rebuke a spirit of victimhood. Let us shake off those, those shackles. Replace, Lord God, our, our ashes of mourning for oil of gladness. And our spirit of despair, replace it with garments of praise. We were meant to win. So Lord, I pray we would be strong and that we would be steadfast and that we would be focused and devoted. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.